Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of The Spurs Show in association with William Hill, the official betting partner of Tottenham Hotspur. Thank you so much for joining us again this week. It should be another happy show. It's bizarrely a happy time to be a Spurs fan. Two more wins since our show uh, last week. And joining me tonight to look back at the win at Fulham, the home win against Crystal Palace. And then we're going to look ahead to Thursday night's game at home to Dinamo Zagreb and the big one at the weekend against the Woolwich Wanderers. Uh, joining me is the co-chair of the Tottenham Hotspur Supporters Trust and author Martin Cloak returns. How are you Martin? I'm good thanks. Thanks for having me back on. Nice to see everybody and uh, yes. just say happy times. It is happy times exactly and also joining us again she's been on for a little while is Rosa Aronovich returns. How are you Rosa? Hiya. How are you? All well here, thanks. Sun's been out, Spurs been winning. Are you working from home now or are you still going into an office? What's your lockdown been? Oh, I've been I've been working from home. I think we're reaching the anniversary next week, your whole year. Oh, is it right? Well, I know it's an anniversary. I think we played Norwich about a year ago. Oh, gosh, uh, yeah. Or was it? When, did we go out in penalties? I can't extra time. Yes, I can't we did. Now. That's when uh, Dyer jumped into the crowd. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, shocking. Anyway, and also joining us is Rosa's father, the author and journalist, David Aronovich returns. How are you, David? I'm good. I mean, I I realise now, as you introduced Martin, he's actually Spurs royalty, isn't he? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, he's kind of, they consult him before they do anything. Before they buy a player, they phone Martin (laughs) up and say, what do you think of so-and-so? And And if he says, no, I really don't fancy, they say, okay, we'll we'll pass on that one. Isn't that right? I don't think Daniel Levy consults anyone. You realise the amount of abuse I'm going to get on social media now, David. Thank you. <laughs> Can we edit this bit out later, please? <laughs> if you want, not a problem at all. Well, look, let's start with the game. Um, what day? It was Sunday night. Even this lockdown, I've no idea what day it is. Sunday night, and I think this was actually because a lot of fans of seas will be going. Even even our good wins are like, yeah, but we haven't done a good ninety minutes yet. We play well one half. I actually thought. We were good for uh, 90 minutes. Uh, the Crystal Palace win. Uh, another great performance from Kane and Mora and Bale. Martin, do you think this is one of our, our best wins of the season, performances particularly? Yeah, it was, it was really encouraging. I mean, I, I know what you mean about 
when is it? I, I'm finding it very difficult to kind of keep track because it's like they're all on the telly, and it's like, are we at home? Are we away? Am I going? What, what's what you know? What's my name? Sort of that. But um, yeah, kind of second game running that the handbrake came off really. So I don't know if if something's been said or if there is just a bit of a change of of approach. But um, it was great to see, uh, and you know, Kane's goal especially. That's uh, that 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 long range job was just superb, and I, I think only. Only Robert Lewandowski can claim to be a better striker anywhere in world football at the moment, which I know will wind a lot of people up. But what a privilege it is to watch that guy every week. But just a really encouraging game. I thought Lucas looked very good, who gets a lot of stick from a lot of our fans. And it's good to see somebody running at people. Again, you know, Bale looking a bit like his old self and just just some good performances. Defence still looks a little bit shaky, though, doesn't it? Just to add a little bit of balance here. We can't be so... Totally optimistic, otherwise people think they've tuned into the wrong show. You're right. And we'll talk about, I mean, Rose, I mean, Jose, I don't know if you saw his, his sort of post-match thing, but he delighted in telling whoever was interviewing him, that's now 100 goals that Tottenham scored this season uh, for a team that obviously has been uh, maligned for being very, very negative. What, what do you think the transformation? But do you think he's just gone, oh, what the hell? We're not going to finish top four. Everyone's on my back. Let's just go for it. Do you think it's that? Or do you think there's something else about it? I don't know because there's he's adamant that he wasn't telling the teams to go out. So when we were holding those one nil leads at half time, he was adamant he wasn't going to the <laughs> yeah. dressing room at half time and telling them to play incredibly negatively. Yeah. Um so I don't really think he changed probably changed that much. I know a lot of people have been speculating as to whether we just conceded the Crystal Palace goal at a brilliant time. <laughs> I, th- I tend to be of the old school opinion that conceding goals at any time is not that brilliant. Um, but maybe maybe there was some truth to it and we had to come out flying in the second half but I think I think probably behind it was a bit more the fact that suddenly this week it really feels like Bale, Kane and Sonia found like their flow as a um, as a front three with more behind so yeah definitely I mean David talk about timing now you know Gareth Bale even even us, us massive Bale fans were all getting a bit kind of Twitchy thinking, oh my god, we've got a dud here. He doesn't, he's not interested. But it's, it's clearly taken him far longer than anyone predicted to finally get in his groove. And and now he's in his groove, isn't he? Yeah, that's true. I, 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 before I come on to Bale, I just want to carry on with something that Rosa was saying about, about Mourinho because it was the very comment that he made. Because what he said was, it was really good that Crystal Palace got their goal <laughs> because that meant that instead of just sitting back we really went for it in the second half. And I thought, you really just talk nonsense, don't you? And these press <laughs> I mean, that's what you do. You just say the first thing that comes into your head that you think will be fun, and everybody goes, oh, yeah, oh that's a very good idea. Yeah, 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 Mourinho said that. Anything. And, and he goes around and thinks, they've written it down. They've written <laughs> yeah. it down, all this stuff. I just said, it's quite obviously complete nonsense. <laughs> you know, because on that basis, you concede one in the first minute. And actually, there was a whole period when we did concede one in the first minute and so on. Um, but he's, you know, he, he understands the psychology of it better than me. Um, we, we had no right to expect Gareth Bale to come in and suddenly play like... Firstly, we we lost sight of the kind of player that Gareth Bale had become at Real Madrid. Um, and that's even in the period before uh, he uh, uh, he fell out with Zidane. Um, clearly, he's lost most of his pace. And his pace, as we know, was an incredibly important part of Bale's game for us. You know, how could we, how could we possibly forget? So what he has now to be is a cleverer player who keeps who keeps fit and has to readapt to the to the English game, to the Spurs game. And it's taken him a while to do that. And I think he's also kind of, 
you know, there are some kind of psychological issues there. Am I going? Is it going to work? Have I confidence? Do you remember under Redknapp, when Gareth Bale was a young player, Redknapp said he kept on getting injured, did Gareth Bale, with things that Redknapp thought weren't proper injuries. And there was that period when they actually thought when he was a young player, we might have to flog him. We couldn't win a game. We couldn't win a game when he came on. Yeah, because exactly, because it's not going to kind of work out, etc. And so he has those periods. So it is for us glorious to see this different kind of player to the player who who, who who left us now doing the things that that this Gareth Bale can do after a period but I don't really think we should be that surprised that it took that long yeah I mean Rose I mean it's interesting what David said I mean this is second goal particularly was a very unbearless kind of goal whereby he sprayed the ball wide then got into the box header from sort of seven yards out those weren't those weren't the kind of and, and saying he got another header uh, Brighton at home this season those weren't the kind of goals he was scoring in the first coming as it were no I thought that was a particularly ferocious header that one that was a player that was desperate to sort of to score goals he was so up for it it was so lovely to see I mean I fall into the slightly hopeless camp of a person that would have been satisfied even if he'd been terrible uh, I was just so pathetically grateful to have him back and to sort of rewrite a narrative of him coming home having been so completely heartbroken when he left so to see him and to see pictures of him and Kane celebrating, it's like something out of a sort of fan fiction dream, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, Martin, you've obviously, in your position as, as co-chair of the Tottenham Hotspur Supporters Trust, you obviously must get in under, obviously you get supporters contacting you about the, the, the smallest things, but you obviously sort of get, you know, uh, probably more than we as a podcast, kind of what the fans are thinking, particularly because none of us are there. So, you know, I can only sort of go on what I'm reading on social media. And there's been, even before Mourinho, there was the Levy in brigade, the Levy out brigade. Now you've got the Jose in brigade, the Jose out brigade. And even sort of supporters who are like, come on, let's give Jose time. You know, and I was one of them, was kind of thinking, you know, I mean, literally just a few weeks ago with the West Ham defeat again, the, the, the two awful defeats against Liverpool, just thinking, this isn't working out. I, I don't get what he's... I mean, we've had people on the show going, I just don't get what he's doing. I don't understand him. And suddenly now it, it's changing. Do you think that's fair? Do you think that's what most fans were kind of feeling uh, a few weeks ago? Uh, I think, I mean, people, I think, tend to realise that there's, we don't really get involved in on-field matters and, and and nor should we. There are people that have paid a lot of money to do that and, uh, it, you know, it's it's not something that a supporters trust does. Obviously, we'll, we'll kind of get some feedback and we did get a couple of, uh, you know, I think he's lost it, you know, when you're going to tell the board to sack him. But it, it was really just a couple of people uh, and that was it. And, you know, it's the old cliche, but if you put... 10 Spurs fans in a room and get an opinion about football, you're going to get 11 opinions or something, aren't you really, uh, on the whole thing as well. I, I think a lot of us had, had thought that um, it, it wasn't really working and things looked fairly serious. Uh, but then, you know, when we were top of the league, a lot of people were saying, oh, actually, it's really working out. Uh, I think we've had this kind of, it's almost a bit of an existential struggle, isn't it? Because the, the, the football that Mourinho likes to play uh, isn't particularly the football that traditionally we like to tell ourselves we like to see. Uh, and so there's this whole sort of slightly depressing at times argument about, you know, sort of success over style or style over success and, and, and what it all means. Um, I, I, I think I think people are uh, are prepared for for quite a lot if we can get somewhere. And I think the, the, the divide now is a little bit more the people that say that we've just got to win a trophy at any cost and the people that say it's a little bit more than that. I think what's also noticeable is that there, there are 
I think the people that are blaming Daniel Levy are the people that will always blame Daniel Levy for everything. The people um, that uh, are blaming the manager are the people that probably would have always blamed the manager for something. There's a certain amount of, there's a kind of a, a Pochettino faction. And, and, and I, I loved Pochettino and I wasn't a particularly big fan of Mourinho and I still harbour some doubts personally about where it goes long term. Um, but I think a lot of the attitudes, I think the obvious thing to say is that it depends on what's happening on the pitch. But I think people had their agendas before about who to blame for when things go wrong. And so they wait for things to go wrong and they go, oh, look, it's now Levy's fault or Mourinho's fault or Ben Davis's fault or Lucas Moore's fault. You know, so whoever your, your scapegoat of choice is, they'll, they'll throw in. But I, I think the general mood is kind of let's wait and see what happens. Um we're very nervous about the League Cup final and that Man City team. So hopefully the one that turned out for the Manchester derby will be the one that turns up uh, and that, that might give us a chance. But I think it's let's see what happens at the end of the season. But there, there were doubts starting to creep in, I think, because the football was so awful for a large part of this season. And in the end, we, we do this, although it seems hard to believe at times, to be entertained, don't we? Yeah, I mean, David, this was also the frustration because all us fans could see that the defence wasn't working. So many individual errors at the back this season had given away silly goals, whether it be Aurier, Sanchez, Dyer making uh, errors. And we all kind of, you know, I know we're not there. We don't we don't go to training every day. We don't see what Jose's seeing. But out of all the defenders, the one we all kind of went, surely he's got to start the big games was Toby Alderweireld, who was sitting on the bench for a long time. Now, obviously, Sanchez you know, he's had his detractors, but it seems like he's kind of stumbled uh, across, I hope uh, now, our best centre-back pairing. We always know that he was a big Eric Dyer fan. If you believe, um, I think it's pretty true, that he did try and get Dyer when he was at Manchester United. Dyer very kind of, you know, prone to uh, big errors. Do you think that's made a big difference that he's finally looks like he's going to keep the same centre-backs in every game, every certainly important game? Until we go through the next bad phase, in which case they'll yeah. all kind of change again. I mean, yeah. uh, the, the trouble with us is we thought we knew what Pochettino's entire style and managerial thing was about up until half a season before the European Cup final, where we begin to began to wonder whether we did actually know. Right from the beginning of Mourinho's uh, 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 stewardship, I haven't had the faintest idea what he wants to do. I honestly really can't tell you. People say, oh, yes, in that win against Arsenal, win against Manchester City, you can see what he's doing. What he's doing is very, very kind of clever counter-attacking. It was after the Southampton-Manchester United matches where we where they just didn't understand what Harry Kane and Son could do at all, etc. We just kind of uh, rammed them and so on. And then we said, yeah, this is the this is the Spurs style. It's kind of really sit back, can't hit them on the kind of counter-attack, etc. Well, as we all know, that's very all very well for the four or five teams above you that have to come and attack you because they feel that they should. But for all the other teams in the league, it's absolutely hopeless because none of them, all they do is you sit back and wait for them to come and they will sit back and wait for you to come and nothing happens and so on. And the result becomes one of these kind of incredible sort of wars of attrition and many of the clubs in the premiership are really good at this now because they have to be because their survival depends upon them playing games like this against the against the stars because the uh, imbalance in finances and ability to four players is so huge that it's practically the only way in which you can kind of in which you can keep going so i just didn't detect and i don't detect i think he's tried almost everything and everybody and at one time or another almost everything and everybody is either let him down or performed brilliantly 
And as a consequence, it's just a matter of who's up and who's down at any given particular at any particular time. Deli Ali isn't doing it in trade. It's brilliant. Uh, is a brilliant Mourinho player. Does that kind of great thing in the first days of Mourinho. Doesn't train very well. Deli Ali is out. Deli Ali comes back last week. Does something really good. Deli Ali is back in again. Same with Davinson Sanchez. Oh, he's good. No, he's made a whole series of mistakes. He's out. No, he's back in. And he hasn't made a whole series of mistakes. He's been rather good. He's back in again. Uh, Berg, one. Is gonna... Berg one, another one. Yeah. Yeah. Bat- no, Matt Durst is going to be the same. Bergwijn, he's actually essential to Mourinho's style of playing. Whoops, he's out. He's not essential at all, uh, it turns out, etc. Um now, it may be that Mourinho is just very clever at handling a full squad against uh, for a team that has had to play more matches this season uh, than any other team. And let's remember this. This isn't a real football season because there are no crowds. Anybody who thinks that somehow or other this is a regular football season, it's just that they, you know, it's bonkers. I mean, of course, players completely respond to crowds in some kinds of ways. I mean, I, th- uh, I think Football 365 and so on had somebody saying, oh, but Liverpool are much worse at affected than anybody else by not having crowds on the basis, of course, that Scouse crowds are so much better than everybody else, etc. But there's an element to what your expectation is as a player and what fires you up, which is completely missing. And it must be missing at key stages of all all games. So the other thing I would say is, I want to see Mourinho in front of a full season of crowds and see what players do under those circumstances. And if it's no good then I'd be quite happy to see him depart. And if he can do it well, well, then great. Mm. No, that's a very, very good point. Rosa, what's also encouraging with the Crystal Palace game coming on from that is that we're on our front foot for the beginning. Um, for the two halves, I mean, I, I know that they got the goal on the sort of stroke of half time, but especially that beginning, that second half, to, to see us go at a team like that at home, not on the counter-attack, and score two brilliant goals, and then at 3-1, not even sit back. They hit the post under Sahar, hit the post, and then rather than Mourinho like sitting back, not doing anything, we went and got another fourth goal. That I thought was very encouraging. Yeah, it was really good fun. It was really good fun. <laughs> and the, play- the players looked like they were having fun. And yeah. it's fun to watch players that are having fun. And that was such a big part of the problem a couple of weeks ago because it looked like some of them were miserable and that makes you miserable and it makes the football miserable and it makes you really not want to watch it. And when you're not at a game, you do have the option of actually turning over. Someone told me. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, I mean, the Man City game, I think I actually did. Uh, Martin, the, the, the Fulham game uh, previously the week, uh, obviously Fulham then went on to win at Anfield. Um, I think it was one of those... Tottenham results that we're going to look back and go that was a really big three points because Fulham I think we're unbeaten in five or six games um we mentioned the Deli Alley returning Deli Alley in that first hour or certainly the first half was watching like a Deli of old again wasn't it oh it was great seeing him pinging the ball about like that and and I mean I think Rosa made a really important point actually that that you that, that there is some kind of change there because you can see that there's a little bit more enjoyment you know those those guys are are going about their their, their task with a bit of relish on the pitch now. Um, and Fulham was important because I think we're all a little bit nervous that Fulham had actually hit a bit of form. They were one of the form teams in the division, and I think you always kind of remember you know, the kind of historical stuff. And we, we've had a few slip ups at Fulham at their place over the years. I can remember being down there on the end of a of a couple of thumpings as well that that, that came out of nowhere. So 
And I think if we'd have lost that, you know, the crisis would have been of almost Liverpool-esque proportions, really, wouldn't it? So, <laughs> um, so uh, you know, the whole, the whole the sky would have been falling on all of our heads. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was great to see that. And, uh, you know, it was more of the same at, at, at Palace. And, you know, that, David's right. That it, it, sometimes you get accused of having the agenda again. And I think both of us have said sort of fairly publicly that we're not Mourinho's most kind of natural supporters or biggest fans or whatever. But there is that... You know, is there really this kind of all-consuming managerial genius or have we kind of stumbled on a few things and it's going away? And we all need a little bit of that in life as well. But certainly Monday morning after both of those results, and particularly after the Palace game, which that, that enjoyment that Rosa was talking about came through, that it, it was noticeable, even on this season, that, you know, a few people that I was kind of speaking to on Monday morning were just saying, you know, Monday mornings are so much better when we've won. And they and, and it still has this effect on us, doesn't it, as well, that you get a decent performance and it, it rolls over for a few days. So even if you've got a kind of hellish start to the week, it's like, great, you know, we did the job. I'm that I'm that fickle. It really makes such a difference in my life, which I don't know what that says about my, my life at the moment, but it just makes a huge difference to my mood. Uh, David, let's talk a bit about Harry Kane, because I still don't think the uh, press in this country and the pundits give him enough credit. It's almost like, oh yeah, he's another great goal. He is incredible. He is, in my lifetime, I was a bit too young to see Greaves play. In my lifetime, the greatest striker I've ever seen at Tottenham. Where would you put him in in, in the strikers you've seen at the club? I suppose, oh, he's the top. He's the best. Yeah, he's he's the best. He's, he, he, come on, I, Let's say he's a, a, a number nine more than anything else. He is the best I've ever seen. I mean, we only had Klinsman for one season. Teddy Sherring was very good. We had Klinsman for one season, but Kane is the best. And, you know, I mean, I remember fairly, I mean, it must have been about three, four years ago when he started dropping a bit back in the midfield and, and, and sending those passes over. And Rosa said to me, look at what he can do with that ball. Look at the way he drops it perfectly at the feet of a player from midfield. What other striker can do that in this entire country can do that? And in fact, even abroad can do that. And he does it all the time. Um, And you know when they've stopped underestimating Harry Kane, the commentators, because that's the moment they start selling him off to Manchester City and Juventus and whoever else they could fancy selling him off to, uh, and so on. In fact, they're all immensely disappointed that he hasn't already gone, given how many times they've sold him. Um, So that's the moment you know that they think he's world-class is when they're trying to sell him, and they're trying to sell him again at the moment. Um, There's a kind of little kind of campaign, this is going to be his last season, he won't put up with this anymore, etc. And of course, after the Gareth Bale thing, and I remember it very well, particularly because Rosa was genuinely heartbroken. I mean, I can I remember. But we both convinced ourselves that after one of his scores and he'd gone up to, I think, uh, Vilas Boas and sort of hugged him. So, uh, and we both said, yeah, he's going to stay because he did the hug. And then you looked at it in the kind of cold light of everything in the reports and you thought, no, he's he, he's got his heart set on something. I don't see the same thing in Harry Kane. What I what I hope I see is a desire to become the greatest club player Spurs have ever had uh, and the greatest scorer. And I might be completely wrong about this. I might be sitting here um, in six months' time, wishing I could chew my tongue off for having said that and so on. But that's what I well, that's what I feel at the moment. There's nothing about Harry Kane. I don't like his personal demeanour, the way he behaves. Rosa often talks about looking at how he is with his family, his kind of growing family, you know, as a kind of uh, as a kind of vision of what a footballer and a hero can be, and so on. I completely agree with that. 
Yeah, Martin, I mean, I'm, I'm sure he will go at some stage, but now he's so getting so much closer to that Jimmy Greaves record. To me now, it almost doesn't make sense that he's off at the end of the season. I think because of COVID and the finance and football, I don't think anyone can actually afford him for what we we would want for him. Can you see him now staying and breaking that record? I, I, I'd like to think so. And I mean, I completely agree with, with, with what David said there. I, th- I think he's a complete footballer, actually. Um, I think, you know, possibly, you know, Lewandowski has scored more goals. I've, I've mentioned him before, but but Kane, you know, as a, as a creator, as a defender sometimes as well, just a complete footballer. Um, I, I think he's also incredibly professional. And I think the problem will be if we don't finish top four, which I still think is going to be a stretch, um, you know, at the risk of being like the pundits that are trying to sell him off, he will want Champions League football and he's not getting any younger. Um, so there's going to be a challenge for him. I, I think the issue might be that that there isn't enough money out there to be able to afford him. Um, but then if he decides that he wants to move, then that, that, you know, the sums change around a little bit, don't they, as well on that. But I would like to think that he thinks that he could stay. But, you know, I thought that about Berbatov as well. Uh, if we'd have managed to persuade him to stay... Uh, and, you know, I was saying, why haven't we gone to him and said that you could be the greatest legend that this club has ever had because you've led us to the first league title? Uh, and instead, he he was the first footballer that made my oldest son cry when he was a lot younger because he was heartbroken that, that he left. And so yeah. and I can Me never too. forgive him. Um, for I cried too. Fantastic yeah. player. So, uh, you know, I would like to think he'd stay, but it, 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 there's this little bit of me that goes maybe he's going to go, uh, you know, I, you know, I've not recovered from, from other heroes going really. So I, I do do that. Don't put your name on the back of the shirt. It's all about the badge bit, I'm afraid. So, uh, which is terribly cynical, isn't it really? What a cynical old hack I am. <laughs> well, let's go to a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the Europa League game this week and then the big game at the Woolwich. Back in a few minutes. And we're back for the break. Don't forget this season, we are in association with William Hill, the official betting partner of Tottenham Hotspur. Every week they give us some interesting odds before we talk about the games coming up. So obviously this week we've got Dinamo Zagreb. Uh, if you fancy first goal scorer, Kane is 12-5. to 5. Bale, 14-5. to 5. Son, who put his due a goal now, 3-1. to 1. If you fancy Spurs to win by three or more, 13-5. to 5. Kane and Bale both to score. Uh, two to one, and interesting, we're now seven to two to win the Europa League and five to two for top four finish. So the bookies think that we've got more chance of winning the Europa League than finishing in the top four. And we'll look at the top four, uh, uh a little bit later. Uh, Rose, Dinamo Zagreb, obviously top of the Croatian League. They won the Croatian League title 21 times. Luka Modric obviously was there. Other famous players, Eduardo Mandzukic, Pozaneki, Mark Viduka is an old name for you. Um, it's going to be a tough one over two legs, but do you think we'll have enough uh, to beat the now, even though we've got the first leg uh, being changed now? It's at home this week. If we have a week like the last week, then yes, I certainly think we do. <laughs> If you have a week like the week before, it might be trickier. (laughs) It's impossible. It's so hard to predict this season. Um, It seems to me, Dad was talking earlier about the ins and outs of players within our Spurs team, the sort of tumultuous nature of which is only matched by a form uh, of football teams at the moment. So we'll see. I think we should have enough, certainly. 
But I mean, he does seem to at the moment, and, he, and he's actually said, Rosa, he changes sort of in the big games, three players per game seem to be coming in and out. Obviously, we've got Woolwich at the weekend. He's got to be thinking about that game because that's a huge game for our top four aspirations. Can you see him sort of maybe playing Winks again, bringing Bergwijn back, Davis coming back in? Uh, Delhi probably coming back in as well would have thought yeah probably a mixture of the but I think the player that you said it said it's Hoiberg's turn to rest I think yes he has yeah on Thursday um, and hopefully he'll be fresher on Sunday uh, who he's been quite a a military marshal in in the central midfield he was fantastic against Palace as well wasn't he David what do you think do you think he'll be slightly weakened on uh on Thursday, seeing as it's, you know, two-legged affair? It's, well, the thing is, it's, it's just getting a little bit more serious now. And the thing about the Europa League is you start off, especially since we had to go into the qualifiers, so you start off with the Bulgarians, you know, in towns that have 16,000 people and grounds that hold 400 and so on, um, and you dispatch them. Then you get job loads of Austrians, and we've been through loads and loads and loads of Austrians now, etc. And now we're coming on to the kind of me- the middle stuff, which is the Croatians, because they've got good footballers, and they can they can turn you over if you don't perform well, and that gives him a bit of a problem because he can't quite go back down to give everybody a run out in the way that he did actually in some of the legs, um, and particularly not in the first leg because you have to kind of establish something um, uh, in that first leg. You certainly don't want to give away a away, uh, away goal, so that means your defence is going to be one of the best that you can put out because you won't want what you won't want to do that. Uh, so one of your questions is. Does Joe Hart go back in goal for uh, for this? Um, uh, and uh, uh, lis- listeners can't see, but you just made a face. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, so I'm guessing that's your answer. Um, uh, and um, uh, Ben Davis, yes, absolutely, he's going to go back in. He seemed to suggest that uh, Ndombele would play in this game, but he yeah, um, he was rested the last game, wasn't he? Uh, very much. I'm 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 pretty sure that Deli Ali and Bergwijn will uh, both play. So the big big question is whether Son and Kane both play or it's one or the other of them um and i think winks will play in this game but you know what that's a really good team yeah you know full of yeah. players who really performed well for us over the years i mean the winks against fulham wasn't it was no it was um was certain uh, which was the last game winks played in harry played in but anyway, he was really good. <laughs> yeah, Palace. He played. He played in the Palace game. He sort of played, played in Palace. Yeah, yeah he played yeah. really well. So, um, he, uh, so um, whether he'll play this second game, I don't know. But I would be inclined if I was Mourinho to play him if he's uh, if he's fit. But I think that the upfront question is is the goalkeeping question is tricky, and the upfront question is very tricky because the, the the these are not the pushovers that we've played up until now. Yeah, I mean. I, I, Martin, I, I, mean, I mean, he might surprise us and just start with Vinicius. I think the one striker that I think has looked a bit leggy has been Sun. And obviously then we've got Arsenal who are away in Athens on the same night. So that's a slight advantage for us, isn't it, Martin? Do you think he'll go strong or slightly weakened? He's got to go fairly strong and I think it's get, get the job done. Uh, hopefully you can then sub some people off in the second half, but also you then saved yourself. You know, we've got hopefully a fairly, you know, lengthy campaign still to go. So you're thinking about what you need to do in, in the return game as well. I mean, it's a great, they're, they're not one of the better teams left in the competition, but they're absolutely not a pushover. Um, I, th- I think Darren Bent scored a hat-trick against uh, them last did. Time, didn't yeah. he as well? He yeah, did. So 
Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a different side now. And I mean, I, I haven't, I've got to confess, I haven't seen what their form's like this season, but you would think that we've got enough in the squad uh, to do the job and he can move a few people around. But I would like to see him start pretty strong um, and, and, you know, just, just get the job done. Um, but, you know, equally, let, let, let's kind of saving people's legs, but there's also kind of building people's confidence. And, and I think with Vinicius, it, it, you know, we've yet to work out what he's all about as a player, haven't we? So it would be good to see a bit. He's been scoring goals. He scores. He's put the ball in the net, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, it, yeah. In, in, in some games. But I'm, I'm kind of not quite sure what, what he is as a player, what he's about at the moment. And uh, you just get the feeling that he's kind of trying to find that as well. And, you know, where does he fit in? Yeah, fair enough. And then uh, Sunday, it's always the big one. Uh, the Woolwich Wanderers away. Uh, again, we don't have a good record there. The last away win there in the league was the famous 2010 win under Harry Redknapp. So we're certainly uh, due a result. Uh, William Hill. One of their place I've missed in the last 20 years. <laughs> That's typical, so, isn't it? Yeah, typical yeah, is the yeah. one you missed. Wow. So. Taking all the blame for the wow. record. Yeah, William Hill uh, going at the moment for us 15 to 8, the Tottenham win, 15 to 4 to win, and both teams to score. First goal, they've gone Kane 4 to 1, Bell 5 to 1, Sun 11 to 2. Go to WilliamHill.com if you haven't already downloaded the app. Check out the website and the app for all the enhanced prices in the build up uh, to kick off. David, this is always a huge game. Um, we. It's a funny one because we had the years away at Arsenal where we play well, don't get anything. Um, I'm just going back the last few years. There's been a few draws recently. There was two seasons running. We lost 5-2. Um, it's a funny place to, to go. But if we play in that typical Mourinho away, doing on the break, because Arsenal like to sort of go at players and obviously their defence is pretty leaky have you got a good feeling about this one um it's very difficult to have a feeling at all about it i mean not least because if Mourinho's a bit of a, a sphinx arteta is a completely impossible to read i mean uh, his record is i mean firstly the, one thing is obvious they're bringing through one or two extraordinarily good young players they really yeah. really are Sacco good and, Smith uh, and if they and if they and, and 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 particularly their attacking play, and if they all play well on the same day, and we make mistakes, then the obvious thing could happen, and it could be uh, it could be embarrassing. On the other hand, we have these fantastic attackers, and they have Granite Xhaka, who does things like he did last week. And he, and, and he still this is the player he still gets picked every week. He makes one of these errors once a month. It's it incredible. tells you something, doesn't it? Which is that yeah. they think he's better than whoever it is. <laughs> Can't get a In other words, the other player who could be there would do it twice yeah. during a game, yeah. not just once. I mean, which is a bad kind of situation to, to be in. Um, other things being equal, uh, and depending on what happens on Thursday, etc., I think we stand in a pretty good position to take. We're going into it in a kind of good mood. Uh, yeah. People have begun to, begun to click. I would be more scared... I mean, thinking from an Arsenal supporter's perspective, I would be more scared right now than we are scared right now. Yeah. No, I mean, the ones I've spoken to will, will say they take a draw uh, now, which is always quite encouraging. Rose, I mean, it's always a, a, a tough game to predict. But I mean, if you look at the home game, which we won 2-0, Jose went, here, take the ball, Arsenal, take the ball. I know we didn't enjoy watching it, but they didn't damage us at all. And that's when we literally gave them the ball and said, break us down. And that's with our leaky defence. 
So uh, I, I don't think I don't think he'll do exactly the same again in this uh, in the away leg. Surely. I actually, yeah, uh, I actually did enjoy that one because I was one of the oh, really? few thousand that got a ticket to oh, it. Oh, wonderful! Oh, how, how amazing! <laughs> and oh, actually, tremendous. when you're at the game, your reading of the game is entirely different. So I think maybe I don't find being there quite as stressful as watching on TV. I think the angle we were at, you couldn't quite appreciate the amount of pressure we were under. Um, so I'm really hoping for a slightly easier ride than that, but we'll see. We'll see. I'm too super, I'm too superstitious to be more positive than that. Fair enough, Martin. It'd be lovely to see you know now Bell's back on song. Wouldn't it be lovely to uh, see him him come come away with a sort of man of the match award? Wouldn't it? Oh God, yeah. I mean, and also you know, Kane does tend to have a decent game against. Yeah, that he does. Lot, he scores so, a lot there. Um, you know, I, I, I think I would be more worried as an Arsenal fan going into this one, just because they are so unpredictable. But they are putting some decent stuff together. Um, so you, you know, we've got to see. I, I think that if we do do the, uh, you know, apparently this 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 great master plan, which is this theory that if you if you don't ever have the ball, then you can't make any mistakes, and the opposition make mistakes. Like surely you then need to get the ball and that then destroys the plan of not having the ball. But anyway, I'm not on 16 million a year, so what do I know? Um, but uh, I hope we don't do that again because I think they can come at us. I think they have got some decent attacking players in there as well. And you, you never quite know with our defence. I think that there, there are issues with it as well. So, um, But yeah, I, I'm kind of expecting us to win. Uh, possibly a bit more than I usually do, but you're always nervous. Give us a score prediction, Martin, for the uh, Woodage game. Uh, let's say, oh, go on this. Uh, we're going to win 2 1, uh, and Xhaka uh, Kant will make an enormous mistake again. Oh, that'd be lovely. And what's your score prediction for the Zagreb game as well, Martin? See, I've, I've, be, I've allowed myself to be drawn into predictions, and now you've just completely taken the piss, haven't you? Yep. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say we'll we'll uh, another two-one win. There you go. That's, that's two two ones. Rosa, what do you reckon against Woolwich on Sunday? Give us a, give us a score prediction. Oh, I've seen a few too many. T- I feel I feel two walls at the Emirates happen at the Emirates mm-hmm. happen quite a lot. I feel we could be we could be in for one of those games. Two-two, you reckon? Yeah. Yeah. And what about Zagreb on Thursday? Going to go three-one. Why not? Ooh. 3-1. Fair enough. Great. David, uh, I know you hate predictions, so let's get them now. The Woolwich on Sunday. I might just as well go. So uh, a 3-2 win against uh, the Woolwich and a 4-0 win against Zagreb because four is generally what we've been scoring in the Europa League. Why make a change now? No, that's I, I like this. I'm going to agree with you. I fancy 3-2 at the Emirates uh, on Sunday and I'll go 3-1 on Wednesday. Uh, we're going to look ahead at sort of games coming up. Uh, very, very quickly, a few bits of business for additional premium Spurs show content, including a daily Spurs news show, match reports, interview with ex-players and documentary series. Go to patreon.com slash Spurs show. Next week, we've got ex-Tottenham striker Terry Gibson with us, comedian Mark Lucero, and from Talking Tottenham, Sean Cook. Uh, for those of you that didn't see our wonderful Martin Chivers virtual show, you can still look at, you can still get tickets for that and watch it online and that helps the Tottenham Tribute Trust go to tickets.spurshow.net well worth uh, watching that him Martin Chivers watching goals he's never seen uh, since he scored them is, was a wonderful sight um, let's look now at sort of the rest of the season <clears throat> we're currently 7th uh, David on 45 points We've got Arsenal away, obviously, at the weekend. We then got Villa away, Newcastle away, Man United at home, Everton away. That's going to be a key game. Sheffield United at home, Leeds away, Wolves home, Villa home, Leicester away, last game of the season. And then Southampton at home, still to be um, 
arranged. If you kind of think that we've got any chance to top four, I think most of us think that it's going to be Chelsea or maybe Leicester that we might be able to sort of beat. Chelsea, they're, they're, they've only got three difficult games on paper. Though they've got Chelsea's still got Man City away, Arsenal at home, Leicester at home, whereas Leicester's still got Man City at home, West Ham at home, Man United away and Chelsea away. Do you think we've got any chance maybe of Leicester cocking it up again? Well, firstly, we can do ourselves a big favour by beating Leicester. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, West Ham and Chelsea, we've played twice and we can't actually affect the situation against. Uh, and yeah. those are the other two realistic. So, um, uh, and, and ever so, we've got Everson, West Ham, Chelsea, and Leicester are the people who we need to pip essentially in order to get either third or fourth place, most likely for uh, fourth place. Chelsea seem to have turned around their form a bit with Kai Havertz coming in, which really means that we've got to hope Leicester slip up they very very nearly did during the week and that's that 2-1 victory for them was bad for us um uh everton uh and we've got the chance uh, everton we have in our hands essentially if, if every if we have all our schools were the same as everton's and we beat everton then in that case we'll be above them in the league i think that's- yeah everton, have, everton on, on paper have saw this their tricky games chelsea away us at home arsenal away man city away west ham for those you thinking all about west ham well they've still got man united away arsenal at home leicester home chelsea home everton home yeah so we so we have to go boo every time west ham play except if they play leicester in which case we want to draw um and injuries uh, uh not bad injuries i stress not season uh, career ending injuries just season niggly injuries that last right the way up until the end that kind of one kind of thing we always hope for but never talk about um and so for those for those for those particular teams it doesn't matter to us now really what happens to city or united um and isn't it interesting who we're not talking about who are we talking about we're not talking about liverpool yeah i know we're not talking about liverpool. we're not even conceding the possibility at the moment, Liverpool will come from... There's only one point behind us, really. There's two points behind us, etc. Yeah. I mean, I just mentioned teams that are above us more than the teams that we've got to kind of beat. Martin, it's bizarre that, I mean, if two weeks ago, uh, we none of us were talking about top four. It was like, can we get a Europa League place through the, our league position? Now, well, according to William Hill, there's a five to two chance that we can uh, finish top four. Yeah, and I mean, I'm glad you went through that because what, what I found really hard this season with not going to games is just kind of getting a grip on like where we are and who we've got next. <laughs> Absolutely. What, what, I, what your name whatever. is. Yeah. So it, it's not a bad running. I mean, I, I, I still think that it's going to be a bit tough for us to get top four. Um, and I think the season will be a failure if we don't get top four because that's the targets that, that, that we set ourselves, I'm afraid. Um, so there, there, there's an issue with that. And I think... You know, if we can get some consistency off the back of the last two performances, then yeah, we could we could do it. But we, we've never really managed to to put enough of a run together. So you could almost see us getting decent results against the so-called better bigger teams, but then kind of cocking up against the, you know like getting a draw against Sheffield United or something like that. The teams which allegedly we're supposed to beat. So and, and it depends again on the attitude that we go into and how we deal with teams not giving us space and 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 saying come on in and break us down. Um, so uh, yeah, I, th- I think it's going to be really tough. Um, you know, West Ham, unfortunately, uh, you know, they're, they're, there's a good job being done there as well. Everton look as if they've fallen off a little bit as well. Yeah, they were poor against Chelsea, but they were very poor last night. Even though they're below us at the moment, that's a good side. Uh, and they're going through a bad patch at the moment, but but teams go through bad patches. 
Yeah, well, so what would you do, I mean, if you're Mourinho? Uh, presumably we get past Zagreb over two legs. We then get into the final eight of the Europa League. We could get another kind of middling team in the last eight. Let's say we, we beat Arsenal, we win our next game, but Leicester then win the next two games. Do you think Jose might then start looking and going, well, look, even if we literally win all our games, math, you know, it, it's looking unlikely. Do you think he'll go all, all our eggs in the basket for the Europa League win, another tr- a trophy we all want, and then the Champions League that way for next season? I think he'll go. I think it's just in his nature to go all out for the Europa League win. Uh, I think he, he's a, he's a guy. He's been brought to Spurs to win trophies, and ultimately that's going to be what he wants to do. And he probably thinks at this point perhaps that's an easier chance of winning than than even winning the League Cup against City. But I will say a lot of this also depends. I'm Dad was joking ish about other teams' injuries and wishing them upon opposition players. But it does also depend on our, our sports yeah, fitness. Very true. Very true. It really does. It's out of our control. Yeah, it's very, very true. I mean, that, that's why it's so good to see Bale firing now and Delhi firing because something could happen to Kane. Something could happen to Sun. David, what do you think? Do you think it's more likely that we could win the Europa League? Or I mean, you know, there's still Man United in there, Arsenal in there, Leicester still in there. There's still some... Decent teams left in the Europa League, but none that you go, oh, we've got no chance against. Okay, I mean, uh, this weekend's actually completely crucial, uh, it seems to me. If we win against Arsenal and any of the other of West Ham and Leicester begin to slip up, then in that case, I think it's looking pretty, it's looking as good for us as it is for them. Um, and, and it evens it off, and at which point you will, I, I think that you'd say that we have a, a, an evens chance. Um, I... If that happens, I can't see any slacking off in trying to get a good league position for Mourinho. And I'm pretty sure, um, uh, Martin will know this better than I, that, that Daniel Levy will not be saying to him, why don't you just concentrate on the Europa, uh, on the Europa League? Uh, you know, it's a lot of matches, a lot of things. It's a fair few matches. A lot of things can happen. Uh, and you want to have both routes open to making that amount of money and trying to recoup it in a season when the fans are back because the club, like all other clubs, has lost hand over fist, you know, and we're not really, we, we, I don't know whether you've had a whole programme talking about that, but at some point or other, there's going to have to be a discussion about where the finances of the club are left after all that careful work over the years and the pandemic has just driven a coach and horses through it. So I think Levy, Levy will definitely want a concentration on the league and the, and the Europa League and say there isn't really a choice to be made here. That was one of the criticisms that, you know, I was a big Pochettino fan, but I think one of the, the criticisms that could be levelled is that he said some competitions didn't matter. I remember being furious after that Palace game where he essentially just said the FA Cup doesn't matter and you could see the attitude was there. And, the, you know, what you can absolutely say about Mourinho is that he wants to win every competition he's in. Uh, and, and I know he prioritised the Europa League over the league in the you know the last stages of that season when he was at Manchester United. But he's going to want to win everything as well, and that that you've absolutely got to give him that as well. And, we, and Martin, we've, we've got players there. You know, Harry Kane being the main one. Um, other players who've been there a long time, Hugo Lloris. You know, Toby Adebayo. These players would be desperate, desperate to uh, look back at their Tottenham careers and say there's my, you know, even it's one medal, even it's the League Cup or whatever. It's so important, isn't it, that we finally... Definitely. We finally... We, I mean, again, I saw in the paper this week, it's, it's 20 years uh, now that Enoch have now been running Tottenham, uh, you know, been, been owned Tottenham Hotspur. And in that time, one League Cup victory. It, it, it's not good enough, Martin, is it, for a club as big as Tottenham Hotspur? 
No, and I, and I think that that's where the um, you know the, the the end of the Pochettino journey and the decision to take Mourinho on that 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 was what it was rooted in. That in the end we've we've kind of got to get that that off our back really. That it, there needs to be a trophy, and so that that is the big challenge to all of us because and I think there's a little bit of a kind of an age divide as well. A lot of kind of younger fans say, "Well, it's all right for you lot going about you know Hoddle or Greaves or however old you are and seeing all the glory days, but we, we want to see us win something." So this obsession with style. Uh, you know, we, we saw relegation. What do they know? <laughs> well, yeah. it, wasn't, it wasn't all great in 1990s. George Graham. Yeah. It's been mainly awful. Let's be honest. It's been mainly in the park, awful. Which is where we wish we were. Um, but <laughs> yeah, it, it just... I don't, I don't know. You know, it, the, the, the winning a trophy is now important because we've just got to get that, you know, every single time there's a discussion about Spurs, it, it is they haven't won a trophy. And I'll tell you who will be really pleased if we do. Uh, 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 and that would be Jermaine Genus because every time he's on any football programme they say Jermaine Genus who was a member of the last Tottenham side uh, 174 years ago to win it you know whatever and he just just stop saying that (laughs) get it out of the way get it won and let's move on Uh, and it is important Steve Perryman always said that winning the first trophy is the most important one because that gives the team a chance to believe in themselves and and I believe that when we, we beat Chelsea in the League Cup final, the last time we won a trophy, and then <laughs> and then look what happened. So, so what do I know, Rose? I mean, I mean, again, literally a week ago, two weeks ago, we think when that Man City, and, and you know, we've seen how this weekend them not looking great against Man United. I think just before we faced in the League Cup final, they could be in an FA Cup semi final. They could have a Champions League semi final a few days later. You know, if if those scenarios happen. I think we've now got a half-decent chance of, of turning them over in a one-off game. Yeah, we may. it depends how interested they are, potentially, um, and how up for we are. Uh, it's a one, it's, in finals, anything can happen. I mean, it tends to be the people that the person that's most up for it gets it apart unless you're in a Champions League final and you get awarded a penalty against you in the first two minutes. Well, and that's a good point, by the way. At some point or other, we're going to get some penalties. I mean, my mate Danny Finkelstein, for all that he's a Chelsea fan, he still gets things right. And what he talks about sometimes is the way in which you get things in clusters. Have a look at Manchester United's penalty-getting record this season versus ours. Uh, now, at some point, this is not because referees are biased against us or because it's it's because things come in clusters. We're going to get a cluster of penalties soon. Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah. Oh, I'd look forward to those. Harry's record, etc. I mean, Harry's all those goals without very many penalties this season. So let's start with Sunday. Let's start with Sunday with Jacker scything someone down uh, for no reason. Yeah. Harry Kane, a hat trick of penalties. Second on minute, Sunday. Jacker gives us a penalty and gets sent off. I think that would be a kind of, yeah, let's go for that. That'd be great. A couple of weeks ago, apparently all of the players, all of them without exception, were rubbish, couldn't be managed at all. <laughs> uh, and uh, If only we could have kind of brought in a whole new load of players, then that was it. But now suddenly it appears that they're actually quite good. <laughs> yeah, Martin, just before we go, um, any bits of news we should know about with the trust, anything coming up? Um, that our listeners should should know about. That you want to mention? Uh, tricky, really, because it's it's odd times because there's no fans in ground. So a lot of what we we normally do is there. I mean, we're talking to the club about you know what happens when fans go back, which won't be this season. I mean, they're talking about now with the roadmap because our last game is away. It won't be the League Cup final. I mean, I think there's a bit of political pressure on to get fans in for the FA Cup final so that we can uh, stick it to the Europeans again by kind of hosting the finals and impress everybody with our football's coming home um, propaganda. Um, So let's see how that one goes. Um, But, um, you know, we're talking to the club about 
you know, what happens next season. Obviously, there's going to be a conversation about, you know, ticket pricing, but the clubs agreed that, you know, what the pricing were, they committed to a freeze. And so, uh, you know, that that should be that we're not expecting any change there. Um, we've had people getting in touch with us about, you know, what happens if I'm still a bit nervous about going back yeah, into crowds. Sure. I haven't been be a lot of people. And they they are, you know, we're talking to our club, um, the Football Supporters Association is talking to clubs across the Premier League as well. Uh, and I think that there's a realisation that it's going to be a difficult process for some people. So maybe that's the thing to say that we are aware it's not just going to be a case of click a switch and we get back to what was normal before. Uh, and I think people's situations are going to be taken note of. Uh, and then we'll see what happens. Um, and other news, um, I'm kind of potentially plotting another project with Alex Finn, who, by the way, David, oh, great. hello. Um, oh, so so there, there may be some some other book for people to complain about on social media as well. <laughs> oh, good. Um, oh, good. Yeah. When we know more about that, then let us know and you come do. on and thank you very much. Talk about that. I, I for one, everyone, the club is listening next season. Relax the controlled parking zone. I think most fans are scared about being on those buses, trains, and all that. Let me drive near the ground. Let me park <laughs> behind Bruce, Bruce Grove Park. Like, because it might empty, There's empty down. streets behind Bruce Grove Park. <laughs> Let me park there and walk. Have a lovely walk through the park that I did for many, many years and then walk through the park and get home in 20 minutes. From your lips to God's ear. Oh, I'm, I'm going to distort so streams because and, and it, hopefully it will reduce our post bag. Uh, you, there is no way that you are ever <laughs> going to be encouraged to drive to our ground or any other ground or any other major venue in this country for quite a long time, because that's not the way public policy is going. So I'm afraid, you know, even Tottenham royalty can't, can't influence that. But let's not get onto royalty today of all days, eh? I'm just worried, given the demographic on the West Stand, that an awful lot of people won't be coming back. That's all that worries me. Um, we've kept in touch with the people around by us who are, you know, kind of, uh, kind of, cross-section of the people most likely to have been offed by this virus uh, and so and they're all fine they're all good we're glad to say so long may it continue i'll tell you one thing that is worth saying and, may, and giving a bit of credit to as well that uh, and uh, i'm not sure if everybody knows this but gary mabbert uh, has done absolutely sterling work uh, over the course of the pandemic like calling a, a lot of our kind of you know pension of fans and just kind of having a chat but just keeping in touch with people i mean he's put in literally tens of thousands of calls wow. and i think i think he's really underappreciated the amount of work that he puts in but that you know fantastic captain for the club but what he's done and he, he really gets it he's been along to uh he was a speaker at the, the, the summer barbecue that the trust has every year when in the days when we could have things like that uh, and he really puts the time in um as well so i think you know a bit of bit of credit and recognition for gary is 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 well worth making yeah, absolutely. Well, look, thank you so much, everyone. Rosa, thank you so much for coming back on the show. David, lovely to see you again. And Martin, thank you so much for coming uh, back on. Uh, let's hope when we're here next week, we're talking about a famous, famous victory against that lot from Plumstead. Until next week, come on, you Spurs. This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at spurshow.net. Sports Social Podcast Network.